Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This is the Dope Black Dad Podcast. My name is Marvin Harrison. How are you, Darwood? I'm good. What's been going on, man, my guy? I, you know, I love you very much, like yeah. from the bottom of my heart and the top of it too. Well, um, before we came on here, I confess that I've, I've been fighting some demons, so I haven't actually called you because I was meaning to check on you because I hit like a little bit of a low, mm. but um, it's actually my birthday week. So oh. on Friday, it's my birthday. So I decided to enjoy a bohemian week mm. and whatnot. What does that consist of for the people I'm who are not living bohemian? as a bohemian? I'm not doing anything that is not creative. That is not my purpose. And that um, I'm going to be cool with my kids and the joyful dad. And I'm just going to, I was up till three in the morning painting yesterday. Mm. And whatnot. Like, and I was like, oh, go to bed. You got podcast in the morning. I hear you. So Darwood. Yeah. As I said, I love you. Love you too, bro. And you're my, one of my favorite people on earth. And we've reoccurred for now like 25 years or something. Coming up. It's going pretty long. I love this for us. But we also have some friends. Yes, we do. We've got some friends. Yes. We are got friends. We are friends. friends. We're not lonely. <laughs> <laughs> so first and foremost, we have Ken. Ken, how are mm. you? I'm good, but I'm tired. No, we don't want to hear that. No, but that's that's the reality. I'm like telling you straight from the you, heart. You cannot be tired on this podcast. But you're tired for good reasons. So for good, it's not really exactly. that's not really tired. Do you know what? Tired is when you can't be bothered at life. No, no, no. That's not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm full of life. At the there end. you go. Because yeah, I, yeah. I know. Yeah. That's yeah. listen. Yeah. Every time so that's I read you, you can't say tired. There's this like. It's like an ascension in yes. in tone every time I speak to you. Yes, yes, and yes. now you're just gonna be like, I own Britain. Oh, yeah. come on, bro. You know, you know what? Yeah, because Kanye West yeah. had an incredible question. This is one of his good questions in the last five years, where he says, how much does the earth cost? I want to wow. buy it. Okay. And then really I thought about it. That's and I was like, of course it has a price. Everything has a price. How much does wow. earth cost? You know, every yeah. now and then, people <laughs> forget how much of a genius Kanye actually is. Ooh. They, we do, we do. Like, we think he, because his behavior is erratic since his mum died, like, it's super erratic and whatnot. Like, I think he's on the spectrum and he's just never been diagnosed. Uh, I, think, I think everyone <laughs> knows he's on the spectrum. He's made that very abundantly clear. But mm. when he does genius, it's genius. It's undeniable. And that's one of his genius moments. Well, him and Ken are going to put 50-50 in 
and, and buy it. <laughs> I just want a little nice oh, hot on. warm corner where it doesn't rain. Oh yeah. Rain's good though. You need rain. No, 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 no. I don't in the in that overall ecosystem, yeah. But <laughs> just send me bottled water. I, don't, I want Fiji I don't, water sent to me. Do you know what one of our rain. one of our kids yes. literally loves rain? Literally just loves going and running around in the rain. That's my favorite child of yours. I'm just saying, it's just for just for the concept of that that matters to him. That's my favorite one. You know what it is in Nigeria. Rain's beautiful because you hear it on you, the you know what? on the tin roof. It's even better when you're it makes sleeping. you sleeping. Exactly. Come on, bro. It's the thing. But over here, rain's not cool. Nah, it's not. It's, it's not a different kind of rain. Yeah, and I feel it feels acidic. Mm. So Ken, you're the founder of Humble Penny. Mm. Co-founder. Whoa, wait, no, wait. Oh, let me, oh, hang on, hang on. Let me land my plane. Yes, I'm, okay, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a broadcaster journalist. <laughs> um, you're the co-founder of Humble Penny. Mm-hmm. And before I get to the cool person in the dynamic, okay? Yes. <laughs> I just want to sit with you. What you don't know, Mary, yeah, is I honor you in your absence all the time. Oh. The first yes. three questions that I always ask. Where are you and how are you? Okay. So I asked how he is because I yeah. care yeah. and he's a beautiful person. But yeah. then I'm like, where is she? <laughs> he didn't bring her. Where is she? <laughs> we want to hang out. So I'm going to come to you soon. Cool. But Ken, you arrived here from the shores of Nigeria. Yes. Proper. <laughs> In, was it 94? 92? 98. 98. 98. 14 going on 15 years old. You were in the Dope Black group. Yes. That's group. Mm-hmm. You've been a wonderful human being to me. My favorite oh, wow. person that I didn't know before <laughs> that I do know now is you wow. out of the group. That's very generous. That's a lot of people. <laughs> now we're going to turn to the woman that you have made smile from inside out. Yeah. The amazing co-founder of Humble Penny. We have Mary. How are you, Mary? I am great. And I'm not going to say I'm tired. I am great. Yes. Just I'm, say that I'm my amazing. energy is in transition. That's right. Time. Yeah. In <laughs> transition. Like something, something like that. <laughs> so, Mary, I, I, I think it's impossible to move forward without mm-hmm. getting your version mm-hmm. as to how this man captured you. What did he do? What did he take from you? What did he hide? <laughs> did he lie about things? Did he kidnap you? What, tell us the story. How did you meet? Ken was actually very honest, and that was one of the main things that I actually loved about him. An honest black him. man. Let's clap. Very honest. Come on, very so honest many of us. Honest, we need to normalize it. Vulnerable um, and transparent and humble from day one. Mm. Um, but how we met, what was the question? How did we meet? Or how yeah, did what's your meeting story? That's the best part. Um, long, long of the short, we both attended a property seminar that was run by... Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, Robert Kiyosaki. Oh. He wasn't the only person, but one of these people were there to run the session. It was a three-day um, intensive workshop. Um, started at nine, finished at 6.30. And yeah, I went with my, I attended with my brother. Ken t- attended, didn't know each other at the time. Um, yeah, and Ken said, in his words, he saw me at the back of the room. He was in the front. Um, and he, he stopped made concentrating. His way. <laughs> <laughs> se- like seminar over. My priorities changed straight yeah. away. Yeah. I came oh, to make man. money, but I think I found a wife. Exactly, yeah. exactly. He found uh, something else to invest in. Um, hey. Yeah. hey. 
Mary hey. sounds expensive, by the way. Like, do you no, see them? That, no. that, those sentences, uh, it's like so value. Uh, <laughs> value me. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Mm. He did just that. Um, but yeah, what did you do? You you made your way to what the... What was the move? The did he go by proxy via your brother? Because that's what he, a real man would do. Um, <laughs> go, go to your brother and be like, hey, man. He, well, he this offered, course is tough. He, you reminded me because my memory is really terrible. But he offered to buy us a sandwich. And he bought us a pret sandwich, so that's how he won my heart. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what I like the most moves. about that story, yeah? yeah. Is because mm. I can't see how, because he's such a nice person, <laughs> I can't see him getting his gaze on and being like, yo, babes, let me, let me. No, no exactly. So, it wasn't no. like that at all because he was so kind of, I don't know, sophisticated about it. You were so lovely. Um, us thinking there's no way you're actually trying to move to me in front of my brother so I just had my guard <laughs> just, my guard yeah. was look at the way Ken no. smiles at you Ken smiles the most Nigerian I've ever seen Ken in my life come on, come on. <laughs> do you know what since leaving the corporate world like Ken has really embraced more of his Nigerian side like the accent Absolutely. is 100% African accent every day at home with the kids with me it's so nice. you didn't do the Nigerian move of telling a woman that you've just met that you love her Oh no 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 no! no, no, no. no, no. You, you know what? You it's, know what? It's deep because it doesn't translate. Because yeah. in most um, African languages, there's no word for romantic love. Mm. Yeah. So, but that's all it is. I have feelings of romance towards you, mm. and that. So, African women that live in Africa understand that it's not like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. How do you mean? You just in Europe though, it's like j'adore, je t'aime. Oh my God, you're the fiction of my, <laughs> yeah. vision of my life. And no, but it works yeah. in French. It doesn't work in in yeah, Germanic yeah, languages. Yeah. These harsh Germanic languages, it does not work in. Yeah. And whatnot, so, yeah. so, so, and now I'm curious. I'm just in the story. Now, what then? What happened? Yeah. How, how how did he take himself out of the possible friend zone into the oh, like? Oh, okay. okay. What so, was the move? I just loved his confidence. So, um, on one of the days that we were at the, she said, "Is that what happened?" No, no, no. So, so, um. We had a we had loads of tasks and one of the tasks was that we needed to buy a particular book. So this is at the is this the all in the same three days? days? Three days, yeah. yeah. So we had to buy um, a particular book and at the when that session had ended, my brother was like, "Okay, bye, Ken. See you tomorrow." Ken was like, "Oh no, I'm taking Mary to go and find to go and buy this book." In central London, I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> wow, you're so brave!" Like, so my confidence. eyebrows just went to the top of what? my head. Wow. So Ken, obviously my moved. guard was still down because I was thinking he's again not going to move to me in front of my brother. Um, we went to central London, but the book shop was closed. And so he conveniently suggested that we go to Basaba to eat, <laughs> which to which I was like, Day yeah, why one. not? We're here. Is over. You know, Basaba's literally across the road. And yeah, we just was got your chatting. guard still down all this Yeah, time? it was still down. And then it was just a lovely first um, kind of date. How long, how long have you guys date. been married now? How long have you been married? 12 years. 12 years. 12 and your years. guard's yeah. still down all this time. <laughs> <laughs> well oh, done, now. Ken. <laughs> Go on, this whole time. Uh, so, so what's yeah. just happened now is my layers of respect for you have increased yeah. wow. significantly. That was amazing. Oh, and I've not that even finished it, but yeah. No, yeah, but continue now because we want to hear the thing. Yeah, yeah, the thing hear the thing. How did that happen? So, um, I still, I, I realised after, you know, chatting with him and in, in Bissaba that, I definitely wanted him in my life and I wasn't sure how. Is it friends or a potential life partner? I told you she moved in herself. So um, <laughs> the more we spoke, the more I thought, actually, this is somebody that I can see myself with, mm. like long term, mm. as in my lifetime partner. Mm. Um, but when we when we left Basaba and we're going down to the train station, I saw this poster 
of a theatre production, Stomp. Stomp. Yeah, and I yeah, randomly yeah. said, oh, I've always wanted to go and watch that. And Ken just secretly went and booked it. Mm. He said, oh. This guy's proactive, man. Guy I'd love to take you out. I was on, really impressed. I was really impressed by I'm that. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm, I want to be. Can I join your marriage? Can I come in? I want someone to book me. Shit. Well. No one books me, man. <laughs> well, that's awkward. All right, cool. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say yes, so therefore it's like, come all right, on. I'm yeah. on the outside. Um, so cool. the most beautiful thing about that is obviously knowing you now. I experience you all the time, and I and I I just see you as the most genuine person. So I just enjoy every interaction. And then when like you come this. to the house and you sit there, it's interesting because there's different types of people that come into our spaces. And if we're having like a dinner at my house, you really sit there as a student mm. of the space yeah. every time. Yeah. And you're, you're like, wow, observant. okay. And you start taking that in and you're like, so that's the experience. Hmm. Okay. And I can hear you really processing yeah. what people are saying. Whereas most other people are just so busy, i.e. me, talking <laughs> and saying what I know. I know yeah, something yeah, yeah. that it, you, you miss out on discovering real things. Mm. So hearing that story, it becomes like a really interesting other side to your mm. persona where you had a vision of someone mm. and you just kept on making moves yeah, towards man. them and every move was really classy. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what? It's funny. I, I don't even think of them as moves. I just thought, do you know what? I literally <laughs> saw Mary and I thought, I literally felt when I met Mary that this would be my future wife. Mm. Literally. And I didn't know if she was single or not. I was it didn't just matter. Like, no, dude. <laughs> It didn't matter. It yeah, didn't I was matter. just like, yeah. okay, well, I'll find out. And then when we got to the train station, I, I, I think and swap used numbers to, to union because yeah. I've only met Mary today for the first time. But mm. as soon as I saw both of you, mm. I was like, that's obvious. Oh, <laughs> it's wow. so obvious. You, you, yeah, you, you both have a really nice aura, actually, yeah. which oh. I, which oh. I, I do. Thank like you. sometimes when you see couples, there's a there's a togetherness that you have, yeah. and yeah. obviously at home it could be crazy, it could be an arsehole, yeah. we don't know. But like, yeah, washed up in three months, you know, we don't know. <laughs> you know? But but the, but the point is, when you see you together, there's yeah. a connectivity yeah. that reestablishes. Yeah. There's like a like a, 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 a static a magnet that comes yeah. together, wow. and I think that's a really really good sign when you still have that when you yeah. kind of look at each other still and you're still leaning into each other yeah. because you know after twelve years it. Can get a little bit of like mm. oh, that person. Let's yeah. do it. But I, I think that um, you know that Bible thing about being equally yoked. Mm. I I think that when you are truly equally yoked, other people can see the equally yokedness. Mm. So when you appear to them, you appear as a couple. Yes. And yeah. And that that's the... why you were able to go in there because you didn't see the aura of like, don't fucking touch me. It was yeah. like, maybe. And you were like, oh, do you want to go with Sava? Let's, let's go to Stomped. Let's go for a walk on the beat. Like, I, I hear you. I'll do the exact same thing. Um, so you two have a book, which is uh, yes. really cool. Yes. 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 Talk yes. about Thank this book. You. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, what, what, What's it called? What's it about? How's it going to help me? I want to become a billionaire, to be fair. Yeah. So the book is called Financial Joy. Mm. And, you know, it's comes with two promises finance financial and the joy mm. so the financial aspect is to helping you to eventually become financially free mm. financially independent and then the joy aspect is maintaining prioritizing your well-being purpose and fun um but the book is essentially a 10-week program which you know you can yeah. talk about in more detail it's a 10-week plan to help people get rid of debts grow their money and work towards becoming financially free mm. but it's written from the perspective of a couple 
a black couple with children mm-hmm. who have many challenging lived experiences that many people have. Mm-hmm. I've I've been a first generation. I am a first generation immigrant. We have children. There are many other challenges that we face. Mm. You know, and many people can many people face. But having been on that journey and still been able to design our own life of financial joy, mm. we want to help people create theirs. Mm. So for everybody, financial joy has a different definition. Uh, for you, it would be very different. For that, would be very different. Mm. So we want to help people identify theirs. But the book then walks you through how do you do that? How do you actually create that life mm. in a ten-week plan? So cool. That's can you coach me right now collectively? Like I'm, I'm reading your book, but can you give me a coaching session? I want to reach financial joy. What does that wow. look like? So it, it actually starts with being clear on what financial joy means for you. So if yes. I ask you that question, what does a life of financial joy mean to you? Uh, it'll be one that I can only work four days a week, four hours a day. It means I could pick up my kids and take them to school. It will mean that I could travel minimum six times a year. Mm-hmm. And I could basically live inside a carnival. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think if I had to have one extreme luxury, it would either be a driver mm. or a chef. Love that. Do you know what? The chef one. I'll come back to that. Yeah, it's one of the two because, like, right now, I I just did a whole madness to get here on time, mm-hmm. and I had to take my kids to their mothers at like eight in the morning. Yeah, then I took an hour to get here, hour and fifteen to get here. Mm. So if I had a driver, mm. I could just sit in and work at the back, and I would abs that would absolutely. So I don't know if you see Lincoln Lawyer, I had that feeling yesterday. I was mm. in an Uber all day yesterday, and I felt that feeling of like I could do this. Wow. So that would be my last thing that I'll probably like to have. have so what's have. interesting listening to you mm. is. A lot of your what life or financial joy looks like for you was more on the joy side. Mm. So I didn't hear a lot on the financial side. Mm. So the thing we find with people is they usually have an imbalance across those areas. Some people are either just chasing finances, the mm. money. I want to become financially free, and they do it at a cost. And I've been there, mm. I, and we share a lot of the experiences that actually ended up being like a uh, a point of no return event where mm. I collapsed actually out of overworking, mm. um, and. I feel like in life, you often need like a slap in the face event for you to wake up and go, whoa, like I need to create a shift in my life. And that shift was, how do we introduce more of the joy element? So mm. for you, listening to you there, what if you had to give some definition in order for us to begin this journey, we need to be very clear on what the financial element looks like. What's mm. the goal in your mind? Well, for me, it's to have a lifestyle that affords that. Mm. Yes. So to discovering what the number is, within that framework mm-hmm. and what I'd have to commit to to be able to exactly. achieve Exactly. So the book then walks you through how do you define that number? Mm. Yeah. So we have a framework we teach, the POST, the POST framework, which stands for Purpose, Objectives, Strategy, and Tactics. So, mm. it, so it's it again? Post. So post, P-O-S-T. So mm. P is for purpose. So what's your why? What are, you, what are you living for? What's the life vision you have? And O is for your objectives. So what are your goals? You need to be really clear. So for example, it's not point in saying, I want to live a life where I can do what I want when I want. That's not a goal mm. per se. It needs to be more like, I need an investment portfolio of £750,000 by the 31st of December, 2030. Mm-hmm. It's very clear, mm. right? Because then out of that objective, we can then go, oh, okay, what's the strategy? And who can get us there the quickest? Mm. So S is then, what approach will we take? Would it be, stock market investing would it be your career as a, as a direction would it be your career plus a side hustle or would it be you maybe investing in other assets like property or commodities and what have you 
And then the tactics is then what are your everyday steps? Mm. What are the small steps that will help you begin to get closer to uh, make that, that strategy become a reality to achieve your objectives, to ultimately achieve the purpose that you set up for your mm. life. So the book then goes into helping you to almost paint a picture of what that your POST looks like. Mm. And then we then start to walk you through behavior because mm. the thing with money, money isn't just about knowledge. It isn't just about learning. I don't need to be in debt because that knowledge actually doesn't do anything. It's like saying, it's like knowing you shouldn't be texting or looking at your social media whilst you're driving. Everybody knows that, mm. but we still do it. Mm. So we then walk you through, how do you create behavior change? Mm. Like how do you actually shift from uh, a place where you are living paycheck to paycheck or you book your holidays with your credit card when you don't have the money? Mm. How do you go from there to a place where you're potentially debt-free and become an investor? Mm. Yeah, uh, As well as introducing like behavioral biases that we all face, you know, like impulse buying is a behavioral bias. Like you go on social media, somebody mentions something. There's some really interesting stats on how quickly people impulse purchase when they see stuff on social media. So we mm. highlight what those are and how to kind of navigate those. And then we're then moving from there on to then practicalities. So how do we manage day-to-day -day finances? How do you do it as a couple? How do you raise financially savvy children? Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> big, big topic. Yeah. You know, how do you create what we call a joyful spending plan, which is essentially your budget, but with joy at the center of it, mm. allocating certain elements to the things that are fun for you. Like for example, on Mondays, Mary and I like to go to go swimming. And mm. then after that, I go to sauna. That's a great thing that mm. we, you know, and we allocate a bit of money towards that. But the thing is, most of us just think about what we need to do, our everyday expenses, our bills and mm. stuff, but without actually putting the well-being in front. And then from there, we start to work towards other areas, like how do you grow your money? Mm. Okay, so you've, you say living within your means. What does that then mean for growing your money? How do you actually invest mm. in the stock market without losing all your money? How do you look at other asset classes like property and so on? And the book then carries on one after the other. And, and then looking at things like retirement, you know, mm. you want to potentially retire one day or have the option to retire early. What does that even mean? Because mm. for everybody, for millennials, for Gen X's for baby boomers, the concept of retirement is a completely different thing. Mm. Some people don't want to wait till they're 65. Okay, if you don't want to wait till you're 65, what should you be doing right now? What investing account should you be prioritizing right now? Mm. Should you be putting money into a pension or should it be into your ISA and why? Mm. You know, so it's a very almost like, like a decision tree type move. So the book essentially is there to help everybody because financial joy is accessible to everyone. Is there to help everyone map their path mm. towards their life of financial joy mm. it's literally sorry i was mm. gonna say literally all of our best work that we've been blogging on and um producing youtube videos on it's just all in one place mm. so you know for once instead of <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly instead of people having to go to all our different platforms we've literally just put it all in one place but very comprehensive and it's like a detailed step-by-step -step guide this is You'll genius. I'm probably one of the most financially literate people. I've got terrible habits when it comes to finance. So, wow. as soon as you mentioned it, I, I you pre you pre-ordered it Literally on Amazon. Thank you for pre-ordering the book. Thank you. Because every time I've been in your presence and you spoke about money, I've learned. Wow. And whatnot. So if you've put, the, I feel like I'm about to go and look at the Mona Lisa. Wow. <laughs> now, I know wow. this is a masterpiece. I wow. already know. Just wow. even how you just explained it just now. 
it made so much sense to mm. me mm. and that and like Marvin will tell you there's been bare times when I've told you about my financial struggles mm. and that so like I need to get more financially literate mm. um, I'm so grateful that my son is on the money wow like he just went and learned about money he was like yeah I'm not doing this poor shit and wow. He's, wow. he's just on it. How like, old is he? He's 22. Wow. Like, got 22 he, you've yeah. got 22 year old. He just bought <laughs> wow. himself a car. Wow, that's amazing. He wow. just bought himself a car. And he sat me down the other day to explain, because I've never owned a credit card. Mm. And he sat me down, Dad. He's like, Dad. And he explained that what what debt and, and how black people have a fear of debt mm. and whatnot, and not knowing that mm. you're supposed to move money. And when he's explaining it to me, I was like, Yeah, I've just never even looked at you know what? like that. That's so. That's such a fascinating stat because one of the things we touch on the book is how different groups of people in society use debt. Yeah. So there's expensive debt, which credit cards and higher purchase and vehicles and things like that. Yeah. And then there's actually cheaper debt, which because debt actually just discriminates. It's yeah. a thing. If you look after your money, debt's cheaper for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which is what he said. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> so, what he said. So because of that discrimination. Yeah we also notice there's a gap in society because the people who have a lower cost of debt are then able to borrow cheaper and invest in assets that appreciate with inflation. Yeah. Property, for example. So when you go and look at this thing called a wealth and assets survey by the ONS, the Office for National Statistics, you look at that, you can see how the debt picture in the UK, you notice that for less wealthy households, they have more... um, more fewer assets obviously but much more expensive debts but for wealthier households they still have debt but they have cheaper debt but they have a lot of property assets and pension assets and Mm -hmm. other financial assets Mm -hmm. so they're they're using debt in a different way and interestingly actually even further looking at stats on like credit cards and stuff research shows that around 80% of the users of credit cards are poorer households and actually fund credit cards existence yeah. that people who are much more savvy with things like that are able to use it without paying a penny in interest yeah. but the people who carry the burden are the people who unfortunately yeah. are using it because they ma- they may need it to meet their kind of living costs and stuff like that so it's actually really mm-hmm. fascinating because it helps you kind of understand actually there is a possibility for for me if I understand how money works yeah. if I'm financially literate and I understand money and I understand behavior and habits, I'm able to over time shift my financial destiny. Yeah. And even beyond that, shift the financial destiny of my family and my children, if you've got kids or whoever, yeah. you know. So that for us is what excites us about the work we've done in this book. Amazing. So look, we have two financial experts in the building. I think it's important that we come up with a couple of dilemmas. We've got sent a quite a few actually. Um, I'll talk to some of the themes rather than go into, because some of the stories are quite long. But there was a uh, a young woman who has a group of friends from school. They've been in each other's lives for almost 10, 12 years. Someone was getting married in the group and the married, the wedding was in Dubai. And it required a financial commitment of about three and a half thousand pounds for her to go. And wow. she declined the invitation on the basis. And as a result, sorry, that was the Hindu, sorry, it was three and a half thousand pounds. And as a result of declining that, she was removed from the whole wedding party, disinvited from the wedding. (laughs) And she went to her partner and the partner was like, yeah, you're right. Like, but her friends and the woman woman who's getting married said that you should have taken that a loan or a credit card and been there. 
Wow. What would you say to that woman? Because I feel like these things are happening more and more. This kind of culture of extravagance when people don't really have it and people having like weddings in mm -hmm. amazing locations, but it's costing people basically two years worth of holiday money mm -hmm. to go and do it. What would your advice be to the woman who decided not to attend? Wow, because I actually heard about this, but I didn't realize that she'd known her friend for like 10 years. Mm. So this could potentially be a very close friend of hers. There's this saying by um, Dan, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm. And that friend doesn't seem like much of a friend if she would actually disinvite her from the actual wedding because mm. she can't attend the Hindu. Mm. I think that's quite a burden to place onto people mm. to spend, to fork out 3K we're in a cost of yeah. living crisis. There's mm. a lot of uncertainty at the moment. Mm. That is a big ask. So is that not like, a good reason to take a loan to... out in your... No, so of course not. Absolutely oh my gosh. not. Mm. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> mm. Definitely not. Because that, that is, you're basically creating more poverty, personal yeah. poverty for people. Mm. And the thing is, you see, when people think about money, they think of just a finite number. But money has an opportunity cost. So it's not just that three grand, it's the, it's, it's the, it's what that three grand would have achieved mm. the the foregone alternative mm. of that money then you throw in the potential interest there and the, the almost a debt spiral that could cause by that person even not being able to pay back that money we did a video actually once asking people why did you get into debt mm. and one of one of the most common answers was weddings and hindus and things like that essentially mm. people borrowing out of social pressure mm. fed by a consumerist culture mm. to try and support other people and support their what they perceive to be their vision. So mm. I think it's actually okay to say no. Actually, I can't. I'd love you. I'd love to really support you, but I I, I can't. I can't fork out three grand. Yeah, that. and I'm not sure exactly how she communicated that with her, you know, friend because you know it's something that she should be able to communicate with her friend. If her friend, like I said, is actually a good friend, she should be able to understand. But you know, she's essentially telling her to go into debt to fund a lifestyle. And it's not even her lifestyle. It's to support her friend mm. it's, it's a big ask if in my opinion so so where do you place your friends in those type of scenarios obviously we all have need want friendships and mm. close relationships mm. but i think inherently what ends up happening is how do you maintain that lifelong friendship mm. when people just go into different spaces like you're almost saying i'm going to risk losing a friendship because mm. of my my values is that something mm. that you necessarily agree with i suppose darwood as well do you agree with that what would you do what would i do mm. I'll be thank you for uninviting me to your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> like I hope your wedding lasts. Like, mm. and I I wouldn't say I hope your wedding lasts. <clears throat> your marriage lasts in a facetious way. I like genuinely like I really hope. You, but like, thank you for exiting me. But but I'm I'm cool with cutting off people mm. <laughs> for foolishness. Like literally, as soon as you bring foolishness, I'm like, okay, I'm out. Yeah. Right, so. There's a part of me that thinks it, it's because it's foolish to my to my gaze. And it's like an instant now. I wouldn't actually even, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. But I feel like there is a culture of people who are pressuring people to look good with them. Us, we've seen mm. other videos where like a, a woman took her like 16 friends out for birthday dinner and said her man should pay for it. Wow. Whoa. And it was like, three grand or something this is us dollars by the way it was like three thousand us dollars and she and was like said, no, you right. can't pay for us and he's like i don't even know these people mm. like, why would i pay for it and she's like oh you're giving me broke energy and Whoa. like and i was just like wow because it's, it's not even the fact that she's saying that it's just the fact that you would even think that in your head wow. without it being confirmed 
yeah. in advance. Yeah. How many times, so something is happening out there. So mm. How many times a friendship has ended because of money? Mm. Mm. Yes. Like literally, I'm just like, dude, if that's the cost, then mm. cool. Yeah. Like, Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever lost a friendship for money? Yeah. You, The person that we met through, the oh. friendship ended because of money. But literally, it was because I saw his relationship to money and his greed for money. And I was like, yeah, I can't be friends with you because at some point you will turn that to- that gaze towards me. Mm. So, Do you know what? It's, there's some really interesting like research around friendships and money. Yeah. So when you have a friendship, the research shows that psychologists psychology show that you should try and keep your friendships in what they call social norms. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, like if I meet you and we're chatting... The minute I imagine I asked you like how's your son like how's how's life how how are you how are you feeling health wise like mm. how, how do you feel as a as a as a man as a human being we're sitting in the social norms imagine two different worlds yeah. social norms and market norms the minute I say to you could you lend me five hundred pounds yeah. the norms shift because we're now in quantity and price we're in a different mm. world yeah. altogether and that actually affects friendships because. Then you're um, you're no longer you're now thinking of profit. You're now like, mm. oh well, what's going to be my return on my investment, mm. or what's going to be like? And that's a whole different thing because that starts to affect how uh, friendships are meant to form. Mm. It even goes as far as gifting people things. So, for example, the research says you shouldn't really gift gift people money per se. So imagine I gave you fifty pounds as a as a present, and Marvin gave you a hundred pounds. Would you consider Marvin to be a better friend because he gave you more money mm. compared to me, for example? Yeah. 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 Whereas if I yes, gave you, yes. yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if I gave you, if I gave you a handmade gift, yeah, it's unique. I really thought about it. I thought, what would I would want? And I and I made something and gave it to you. The the level of respect you'd attach to that would be very different. So. Mm. So money is a very complex topic and really can really affect friendships in a really bad way, depending on how we approach it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, I, yeah, I'm with you. And, and I do think like keeping the two things separately, I think inviting friends into your, the market forces is one of the most problematic things mm. that I've ever, and, and even sometimes like people I'm in a relationship with, whether it's informal or formal, and it's a bit like, oh, come just help me out with something. Mm. This is what you do mm. and I'll give you some money for it. As soon as you enter into that dynamic, the power dynamic shift. Yes. Mm. It was only my therapist that told me how impactful those types of things are. Because mm. to me, I'm just like, I'm helping. Like, yeah, you need mm. money and I need what you do, so come. Mm. But actually, it was the psychology of the dynamic shift yes. that people couldn't handle. Because also in the realm of money, I'm not the same. Mm. Like if we're talking about business and my company, for example, mm. if I was to hire you for my company and directly to provide a service for me, mm. the dynamic would shift yes. mm. because now I have an expectation. I yes. have a list of KPIs. I have yes. a scope of work I'm going to send yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very different relationship yeah. to, hey, Ken, how do you feel about this? Yeah. So anytime exactly. you've ever asked me for anything, I just say yes. And then you tell me what it really is. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I just, it, it's fine. But then I think if you said to me, Marvin, I'd like you to, do a course, uh, educate someone for me, and I'm going to give you 500 quid. Yeah. Now. That's different. Yeah, now I'm like, whoa, Yeah, because then you're like, am I worth ah. 500 pounds? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I know yeah, I'm yeah, worth more. You see what I'm saying? So I think that dynamic has been a massive lesson to me to yeah. keep that boundary. But sometimes I just get sucked into it out of mm. sheer urgency and pace in which I'm existing. Yeah. I just look for resources to get yeah. things done. Mm. But it's never really gone well. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think for me that's become a massive massive lesson like I think mm. especially in lockdown as well 
there was a lot of emotional shift for people like losing jobs in COVID. Yes. And, and so like, if you're handing out money in COVID, <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know, the people get really entitled. It's just like, yeah, yeah and <laughs> where's the rest? Yeah. I want more. And I felt like I didn't wow. understand it. And it was only years later through sitting with people who are qualified that they gave me the context of what's happening in the macro mm. and how problematic it could appear mm. that you're helping them, but also now they need you. But if you're not doing certain things, mm. they will feel entitled to take it back or to disrupt what you're doing. Mm. Wow. Um, I have another dilemma, which I think okay. I really want to share with you because sure. I think it's really interesting. So the other one is dating. Mm. And I'm sure. it's a personal story. <laughs> so when I was like 19 years old, my cousin came to like a family thing with a friend and the friend was beautiful. I was like, who the hell is that? And you know, family gatherings, they're dry, <laughs> isn't it? You switch off that antenna, isn't it? You just go there and try and eat mac and cheese and chicken. But like, like there's, she brought this really beautiful friend and I was like, who's that? And like, normally it's a terrible idea to introduce your friends to younger cousins, clearly. But I think my cousin, for some reason said yes. So I, I, um, she co-signed me and I remember going on this date at 18 and I normally get paid every Friday. Yeah. And the, the, I didn't get paid. And I think I didn't put my timesheet in properly or something like that. So when I had a budget of time like, days. yeah, remember yeah. timesheet days? Listen, when I used to work in the deco, come on, Listen. come on. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I didn't put my timesheet. So I didn't get paid on the Friday morning. And I think I had 38 pounds remaining. Right. Wow. And so my budget's gone from like mm -hmm. 600 pounds a week to yeah. whatever that was, 38 pounds. And I was like, I'm not canceling this date, you know. Mm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to be smart. <laughs> yeah? This is mm. men. I'm going to be smart. <laughs> and so we went for a walk, trying to do everything very, very casual. And the date's going really, really, really well. Then it got to a point of like, do you know, I'm really hungry. I was right. like, you know what? So am I. So in my head, I was looking for like a vendor yeah. and like trying to keep the cute flowing date energy yeah, going. Yeah. And then she was like, no, let's go in here. And I was like, Ah. Okay. <laughs> Sit down in a restaurant. Damn it. Okay. Um, and at that point, she had such conviction. You know when someone says, just go here and they start walking off. Yeah. So it's already happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My permission no longer was granted. It didn't matter what I thought. So I went in there and I looked on the menu. And this is a couple, this is many years ago. So I'm I was it's over 20 years ago. So the prices was ish, you know, 12 pounds each. You could probably get a plate for. So I calculated that if we get a plate each and a drink each, my card will go through and <laughs> me and my mum will negotiate how I get to work for the rest of the month. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so then I we get through the date. The date's happening. And then she orders starters, which ruins the whole strategy. <laughs> Kills, kills the maths completely. Starters? <laughs> you just added 12 pounds to my, to my menu. And so it came up to literally 42 pounds or something like that. It wow. came up to, it was just above. Yeah. And so I'm panicking, but I thought maybe my card would just go through. Oh, no. Like overdraft, no, something will happen. In the panic, you You, you, you convinced yourself. Yeah. yeah? Go. Maybe the numbers are wrong. Wow. So, so and then it declined and I was like, oh, that's crazy. I did it again, it declined. So I was like, wow. She goes, no, I, I, I'll just get it. By the way, she was actually a little bit older. So she yeah, actually right. had more money than I did at yeah. the point. And I was like, no, 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 it must be a thing. So I went out and went to the cash point. And obviously you can only withdraw 30 pounds. You can only withdraw <laughs> round numbers. You can't even withdraw the whole 38. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Was you sweating? <laughs> no, I the genuine beads and stuttering and anxiety that I went through. Oh, 
Because you have to understand, she's beautiful. The date has been going well. Yeah. yeah. And this is before dating is sexualized. Like I, I was, I was probably, yeah. I, I wasn't, I probably wasn't a virgin, but like going in and, and dating for sex wasn't a thing yet. Mm. It was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. I just mm. want to hold her hand. <laughs> and so I never forget the look of disappointment in her face. Aww. Wow. Like it, and this is, a, I'm making and this And did she up. know you was younger as well? Yeah, but it's like two years or something. Okay. Yeah. In my head, yeah. She looked at me and said, I know real men with cars, with BMWs and money. And I'm here with this with man this taking a chance and he doesn't even have 42 pounds. Why am I wasting my time? Wow. And you know what? After that point, I never dated broke again. Wow. Like I just had a rule. Like that's never going to happen to me again. Wow. Now, in this modern dating landscape, mm. you can't even go outside with 39 pounds. You better not leave your house. So yeah. the reality is everything costs five, seven, 10, 12 pounds yeah. to do anything. Mm. In your view, because you got mm. together in such a beautiful way, mm. if you don't have money, mm. should you be dating? Hmm. Wow. I, I think it depends on just how the person you're trying to date and how do you think about life as well? Mm. So those two worlds are not mutually exclusive. You can't say, oh, well, because I don't have money, I can't date you. I think it depends on who you're trying to date and how they look at life. Mm. So for example, when I met Mary, although I could buy the prep, you know, <laughs> I actually... <laughs> Couldn't go to ZZ's. <laughs> You know, yeah, I just took her to go and buy a book after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you stretch yeah. that far as well? Yeah. Well, yeah. We, the bookshop was closed, so we didn't buy the book. In <laughs> you know it was closed. Ah, no, 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 we didn't. No, 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 we didn't. Mm. Know. But the point was, I didn't, I didn't actually have a lot of money. At, at, you know, so, but the person, you know, the, the person I met, Mary, who I met, you know, the, her view was, she, she was also in a similar space in life, stage of life, mm. you know, where the focus was on like, aspiration and like mm, yeah. dreaming and vision you know so i think it depends on who you're trying to date and what expectations you set for example if you're on socials and you're like posing with like other people's cars and you're giving mm. the impression that you're you've got a lot of money mm. then your your communication is going to cost you actually mm. whereas if you if you're really upfront and say look this is you know you're not you know this is why like keep things simple i like keeping things simple mm. I think it doesn't paint the wrong picture. And I think it's okay to be honest with people and say, look, mm. you know, I can't go this Friday. I'd really love to. Maybe I can, aff I, maybe we can go to a really nice hotel and have a coffee in the, in the bar or the lobby or whatever, mm. you know, because then I, I could, I could, I could control that I can control, Yeah. That environment. I kind of know what's happening there and I can afford to do it. So mm. I think communication is important. I think the unwritten communication is important. So what vibes you're giving off from, your various social platforms. Like for example, I know Mary checked me out actually. Mm. Yes, I Googled you. Yeah, she like, well, <laughs> back then, you know, and she saw, I think I'd created like a Facebook group and, uh, you know, and she was just happy with my social, the element of so many things I was interested in. I was trying to promote our community and stuff like that. She just, mm. she, she liked that side of me rather than, oh, look at the really nice car I've got, you mm. know, or look at this really nice watch I've got, you yeah. know. Mm. So I think that unwritten communication is important. But Mary, if his car declined, would you be here? <laughs> <laughs> <Good question. laughs> 
<laughs> well, you went to Wagamama's okay. and he went bing. Oh and um, he had to get up and take out 30 pounds because I want someone else to share this embarrassment with me because it hurts. I really feel that for you, Marvin. And thank you for sharing that. It's You know what I was thinking? If you plan, if you fail to plan, you, mm. what's the saying? If you fail you to plan, to fail. you plan to fail. fail. Like, it was quite wishful thinking of you to actually think that you could just Hey, don't make it about <laughs> me, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> you just for a walk. Oh, bless you. I f- that could that could easily happen to anybody because you obviously didn't plan that, you know, to go yeah, to that particular restaurant. Kind, thank you. Do you know what? I, and I think it just depends on the particular stage of life that you're at. Like, you were 18. Mm. You know, some people are only just starting there to build their finances they're moving out of financial dependency of living with their parents and they're probably still living with their parents so yeah. I personally wouldn't have had much of an um, expectation or it wouldn't have bothered me so much if your car declined uh, but you know in our situation we were like in our 20s you're working you know profession where we both had corporate jobs mm. you know there would be an element of like okay eyebrows is this a bit of a red flag is this something that I need to look <laughs> keep an eye out? I wouldn't you know mm rule it out in completely i'll just give it the benefit of the doubt but it could potentially be could a potentially red flag as to, to what your red flag yeah, yeah if yeah. another yeah. similar behavior was yeah. exhibited yeah. because then it's sending signals that potentially you might not have your finances in place are you in debt if you're in debt that's fine but do you actually know that you're in debt mm. <laughs> and do you have plans to actually get out of it so mm. it's about knowing your numbers so there's no kind of clear-cut answer it just depends like how old you are at the time um and it's also important, like Ken said, to communicate. Mm. If you're if you're going through financial difficulties, I wouldn't say don't date at, at all because you're missing out on opportunities of meeting your life partner and you never know when you might be fully financially stable. Will it take 10 years or how long would it take? You can't put mm. your love life on hold. Mm. Um, I just say communicate to the other partner and that could foster more um, depth in your relationship. You can mm. go deeper in your relationship instead of it being surface level and just trying to impress each other. Um, what's the word? Yeah. Mm, but yeah. so many men are afraid to be honest because the narrative that they see on most social platforms is women don't like broke men. Mm. So mm. it's like, I, I think it's it's been easy for me because I think women look at me as a good time, not a mm. lifetime partner. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, we, we just figured that out. All of my brains was like, oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> so so they they're not trying to invest in 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 me in that side because there's no way a woman's gonna look at me and whatnot. I rode my bike. Don't say that. Here. No, no, I rode my bike here. I'm mm. very upfront with. You've like, got that billionaire look, bro. What are exactly. you talking about? No, no, like, I, I I'm I'm wealthy in spirit. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very wealthy in spirit and that yeah, but there's no way a woman's going to look at me and say this guy's got like a Tesla Jeep. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, think, I think it's really interesting. This, this topic. <laughs> nah, that, I'm joking, but I, yeah. I I don't think women look at me as this guy's going to look after me and whatnot. I can he's going to take me on holiday. Blah blah blah. They would love you to look after them though. That's the that's the fundamental. No, no, they, they they would love me to look after, but I'm not going to look after you in that way. I'll look after you in a different way, in a mm. spiritual way, in a um, concerned way. Make you look at life like, uh, let's talk about life, and mm. you will feel safe with me. But you might not feel financially safe with me. Um, I don't like women paying for things. I think that's the Nigerian in me, <laughs> and whatnot. But there's been some women smart enough to know that. Okay, I think I better provide this. So they would just come to my house with food. 
mm. and whatnot okay. and little things like that without me saying stuff and I'm like, all right cool mm. and that so I, I think i get kind of that treatment but i just don't like women paying for stuff so mm. i would never take if a woman says oh let's go and eat first thing i was like yeah but we can't because mm. <laughs> i'm not gonna let you pay mm. so if you're very hungry the date's ending like I, I used to say that when I was younger, like the date's ending because if you're very hungry, I'm not going to let you pay for my food so yeah. you can eat and whatnot. Things. So then I think I got to like 23, 24 and I just mm. stopped going on dates. Mm. Wow. Like literally, I just, I'm not mm. going on dates because it brings up this way. And then I introduced this really horrible rule. I would not go out on a date with a woman that I hadn't slept with. <laughs> wow. Because I'd my insecurities wouldn't let me be seen out with a woman that another guy could just take from me. Right, that, right But I'm right. like, oh, cool, I've had my fun, so I don't mind. Mm. And I, I realise, <laughs> I know, I realise it was insecurities now, but back then, I used to say this, like a mantra to my my friends, like, yo, yeah, no, you shouldn't go out on dates with girls you haven't slept with. And I'm like, I was on some bullshit back then. But yeah. Mary, mm. I have a challenge for you. Go on. I love Darwin, as I've mentioned three times mm-hmm, now in this podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would really like him to bring a woman around my house for one of the dinners and Aww, sit there yeah. and just like pick fluff out of each other's hair and beard and stuff and look oh, deep into his eyes and say, yeah. you know what? I want to live my life with you. Now, if you just think of the Rolodex of amazing women that must be in your life, do you have one that we can introduce to Darwin who would really appreciate a dynamic man mm-hmm. such as himself? Free, free. Oh. So I can have a choice now. <laughs> wow. This is the most this Nigerian thing. This, this is why I'm single. Pick and mix, you know. I know. No, he say pick and mix. I said, just like... So, so Mary, clearly yeah, they're going to laugh. They're going to yeah, laugh. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. Can't take it too <laughs> exactly, seriously. Exactly. And, and you yeah. know what? They'll all, know. all get a portrait. Oh. What artist. do you mean a portrait? You draw? I draw. Oh, nice. Yeah. How old are you? I'm if you don't mind me asking. I'm Friday. Oh, okay. You don't look it. I'm just thinking. I, See, I that's, have a, that's I have a, a that's friends. a sellable. Yeah. But hmm. I, I need above thirty-five. I okay. Got, I can't do young girls. Yeah, how, I, I, how, how I, have a, you, I have a friend. I so I'm just ruining your your. Have, 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 have a guess. Have I, a guess. I actually have worked guess. out because you said you came but, here at fourteen, fifteen. Okay. Yeah, that's how I worked out how old you are. But how old do we look? I can't do math. You you look you look younger than you look about 32, 33. Okay. And you you look in your twenties still. Oh. Like, wow. like you're you're going to age. So can you, do Mary? So oh, thank good? you, Mary. What cream do you use? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, if if, you're, if you are listening to this, Mary's not wearing any makeup, but there's not a blemish on her skin. She uses millionaire cream. Hey, millionaire cream. It's shea butter. It's shea butter. That's it. Pure Ghanaian organic shea butter. We bought it in Ghana. We went to Ghana. That's what I've been using on my bed. Yeah. Nice. 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 So sorry, do you have a, a human being for? I do. Though? I'm not especially even making it a woman at this point. Just someone to look after him and tell him he's beautiful. <laughs> I prefer I a woman. Have, though. I, I do. <laughs> I do have a female friend in mind that I can, yeah, introduce you to. I feel like I don't want to be. Oh, uh, sorry, you wanted free. That's kind of pushing it. I can't. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't get free from the same source, bro. That's yeah. just going to mess yeah. up the well. No, exactly. We would like. We'll take the one, please, for okay. two hundred, cool. and <laughs> we would like to add her to <laughs> to the list. Social please, norms, to market norms, and, and so it's like, so. Uh, I shouldn't say this on the podcast. But no, yeah. can you could, not say it then? Can she be black? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, of that's, course. Okay. Of course. It's in the title. Sorry. The aha moment is in the title. I know that sound is so racist because my soulmate could be someone from another race. No, she still can be. never investigated it. Mm. I just don't want to have to explain plantain and am I allowed to someone. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. I hear you. So, Mary, we're going to do dinner in a couple of weeks. Yeah, sure. I'm going to I'm gonna find someone because my person's not here. She can be my proxy and you're going to okay. bring someone for him and then you yeah. two, hopefully we'll still be together. I, I and that's all great, I, right? I, I love Bug your really? person so much. I think she should be there via Zoom. Like seriously, she's amazing. She sounds like a keeper, man. She is. No, she she, she, she is. It's hard to find. You know, I spent three years looking, so that's quite hard. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it, really. Thank you very much. Oh wow! For that, that was quick. Um, this has been the Dumb Like That podcast, and uh, you also have a book called Financial Joy. It's so called I'm Banished. Just gonna fa- I've not read it. Are you going to interrupt it. me again? No, I just want to thank you for this book. We're trying oh. to get out of the podcast. I know, man. I know, I'm sorry. So. It's frowned upon <laughs> in broadcasting terms. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted it to be on there. So, Ken and Mary, you have your book, Financial Joy, Banish Debt, Grow Your Money, and Unlock Financial Freedom in 10 Weeks. We thank you so much for coming to join us. Uh, it was great to have you here, really. And I think I'd learn more about your relationship than I actually ever have. So this was oh. really nice. And multiple wins. Uh, hey. Please make sure that you subscribe to our platform wherever you are listening, whether it's audio on a podcast platform or if it's on YouTube. Um, we will be on YouTube. We are on YouTube. And it's um, it's a long way coming. We've got visuals. You can see how handsome we all are. Mm-hmm. Um, and also make sure if you have anything you want to say, it's hello at dopeblack.org. Org, okay so email us and say your things okay if it's racist we don't really care and we're going to keep going thank you everyone for listening darwood mary and ken thank you so much thank you do you thank have anything you, you want to say where can we find you that's a good point Didn't well firstly that. firstly go and pre-order the book on amazon just yeah. type do in it financial joy on amazon help us get to those bestseller lists around the world that's, that's the first for. thing please pre-order the book it's the only way we get seen let's support each other please please show the love uh, and apart from that, follow us at the Humble Penny on Instagram mm-hmm. as well as on YouTube or all the various other socials. Yeah, we have a blog, thehumblepenny.com, where you can consume our blog content there too. Amazing. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>